0: Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. So good to see everyone in the house tonight. Amen. Loving the weather. Amen. Thinking I'm just going to wake up from a dream and it's going to be cold again. Oh, man. All right. I'm sleeping in. Praise God. Thank you, Dave. That was a word from the Lord. Amen. 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 Jesus, I felt the Lord in that. Amen. If you're a guest of ours, we're so excited that you chose to worship with us. We love God and we love life. Amen? Amen. If you're worshiping with us online, we're so happy to have you uh, worshiping with us online tonight. Um, If it is your first time, we want to encourage you to head to the Welcome Center. That's right. We are changing the name from kiosk to Welcome Center. Uh, So... Come on now. So head out to the Welcome Center, and uh, uh, just got a point, couple points of information that we'll gather. We have a small gift for you if you're in person. If you're online, you can follow that Bitly link that you see on your screen right now, connect to CG. And, uh, again, a few points of information. We'll be in contact. We'd love just to connect with you and meet you. Amen. And then uh, we love to give at Calvary Gospel. Amen. Give unto the Lord. He has been such a good God financially throughout my life, I know, and many others, I'm sure. And so we, we love to give the opportunity to give, and there's so many ways to give, whether you love snail mail or you love the phone. You can give however you want. You see those on your screen, uh, online, in person, through the mail, through the Church Center app. I want to encourage you to give unto the Lord. You will be blessed. Amen. A couple of announcements this Friday. Uh, it is february 2nd february already and uh we are having all church prayer at 7 p.m so it's gonna be a great time be here right in the main sanctuary and then once again we want to remind you of the marriage workshop coming up i know a few uh, several folks have signed up already there's a qr code on the flyers that are posted on the doors as you head out tonight you can scan that um more information is uh on that website that you're led to and we're we're excited for that uh, marriage workshop, the February sixteenth through the eighteenth. Then a quick uh, an update, and announcement. Pastor wanted to be here tonight, but uh, end of day he was uh, he was going to give an update, but his foot's hurting. But he uh, did get into uh, a specialist earlier earlier than the end of February, which was the original date. So praise God for that. They got him on some medication to help help uh, help things with his ankle. And uh, they got him a hard walking boot, and so he's doing much better than he was. He was in the office yesterday uh, for a little bit, said hey to everyone, showed us, he was all excited about his boot, you know, showed us how easy it was to take, how, how he could kick things and, you know, hurt his ankle again. No, I'm just okay. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. But he's doing, he is doing better. Um, him and Sister Lois are heading out on their scheduled vacation uh, this Friday. The doctor said, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, you should be all right to, to go. Just don't, you know, go run a marathon down in Texas. Just take it easy, but you can go ahead. And so they're heading out. Uh, so be, be in prayer. Continue to in prayer for Pastor Sister Lois as they travel uh, the next couple weekends. Amen. And, uh, and then we'll be back at it. With that, would you stand with me? We want to go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Amen. Anybody got a situation, circumstance uh, you want to indicate by a lifted hand, go ahead and do that now. Look around. Call out a name of a brother or sister. If you're at home, uh, we want to know we're praying for you and then just join with your family right now and pray. Let's pray together. We thank you, Jesus, so much, God, for your goodness. We're so grateful for your love, your touch, Lord God. We're thankful, God. We have so much to be thankful for, God. So much to be grateful for, God, in our personal lives, in in our jobs, in our, our families, God. And even in the midst of circumstances and situations, we're breathing, we're upright, we're walking, Lord Jesus. We have a way to get to church. We can worship online if we're sick, Lord God. We have blessings, Lord, and we want to count our blessings, Lord, tonight, God, and give you the praise, Lord, for being such a good God for being so gracious to us, so merciful in our lives, Lord Jesus. You've been so good, Lord. Lord Jesus, you saw the lifted hands tonight. You know the needs, God. Represented by those hands, God. I pray you minister, God. Minister to each and every situation, God. Minister Lord, to our families, our finances, Lord God. Continue to touch Pastor Roy, Lord Jesus. Touch that foot. Completely heal it, Lord. Take away all pain, Lord Jesus, I pray. Lord, you know all the other ailments, Lord, and physical conditions going on. I pray Let a healing virtue flow through our church family, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Think about something you can thank him for right now. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus, God. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to worship tonight.
1: his presence for a moment. The Holy Ghost is here. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes sometimes worship is loud and fast and energetic and sometimes it's just join God's touch. Praise God. God can do a miracle in either situation, in any situation. If you need a miracle tonight, we serve a miracle working God. I'm grateful that this is the song that we ended the worship session on because I want to talk tonight about the lamp, the oil, and the wick. I'm going to read from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. You can be seated. We're going to read the parable of the ten virgins. One thing I've noticed about these parables is that we give them names, but the Scripture doesn't always give them a name. And sometimes the names that we give them miss the point a little bit. So... I don't think that's the case here. But uh, just a word of caution when you're looking at parables. Then the kingdom of heaven... I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, the vessels other than the lamp. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. Praise God. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, God, for your anointing and your direction. I pray, God, give us all ears to hear and and eyes to see what it is that your spirit would show us, that you would teach us, that you would tell us. I pray, God, release in us faith to receive your word and to to do what you call us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everyone said Amen. Praise God. The parable of the ten virgins. I, I probably no one in the house has, has uh, everyone in the house has surely heard this uh, parable before. You're familiar with it. Uh, the interesting thing is the number of different understandings that people have about this parable. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not, but I, I one time was in a vehicle with, a, with another man of God, uh, and we got into a discussion about the parable of the ten verges. And my my understanding was a little different than his understanding. I almost got thrown out of the vehicle. <laughs> so parables, you know, people uh, make the mistake sometimes of trying to get too much into the details and say this represents that, or this means that, or this is is what this stands for. And I'm not sure that in every case that's what was intended by the story that Jesus told. Uh, Jesus said it like this. He said the kingdom is like ten virgins. So this is a kingdom parable. And he's comparing the kingdom of God to this story about the ten virgins. Now I'm going to use some of the details of this story and I'm going to extend the metaphor. But I'm telling you that ahead of time that I'm not saying this represents this or this is what God meant by this. I'm going to use these elements of the parable to uh, illustrate uh, a point which I think goes in, in, in line with, with what the whole point of this parable was we know what the it's like the parable of the the sower or the soil or the seed however you want to title it the bible says that the sower went jesus said that the sower went forth to sow and we can make all kinds of applications or unfortunately interpretation is what some people do and say this means that and this means that but jesus told us what the parable meant so that's what the parable meant. That's why he told it. That's, the, that's what we take away from it. The seed is the word, Jesus said. So when we tell that parable, we know that the seed is the word of God. Amen. Amen. So that that's just a, a, a lead-in to my using this parable in, a, in maybe a little unorthodox manner. But I just want to make sure that it's clear that I'm not saying that every detail I discuss is the proper interpretation of that element of the story. It's an illustration. Jesus told us, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. If you read the previous chapter, he's talking about the end time. And he's putting this in the context of the end time. At that time, Jesus said, then the kingdom of heaven will be like in the t- I think we're I think we're in the time he's talking about. And then he closed it up by saying, "Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming." That's what the parable's all about. Be ready. In that day, it's going to be like 10 virgins, 5 foolish, 5 wise, be ready. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Amen. So, uh, this kingdom parable, and that—that that be you know more than you needed to hear, but I—it's I, maybe a, a sticking point for me that I really wanted to make clear. So I'm not, I'm going to try and illustrate some things, but I'm not interpreting the parable. And if you really, you really want to know why I'm making such a big deal out of this just go ahead and read like three or four different sources uh, and see what they say about the parable and please don't talk to three or four different preachers and see what they think all right some people feel that the word for lamps here in this parable is talking about small hell handheld lamps if we can show that first picture Hopefully, yeah, something like that. Uh, not necess- this is a Roman uh, lamp, uh, from what I understand, and, and that's probably not very big, not much bigger than your hand, maybe. Uh, that little wick coming out the, the front there, uh, not a very big lamp, is it? It's just a small deal. Uh, some people, one time the same word is translated in the book of John as torch, and some people say that these, these uh, virgins were, were, had torches, uh, small torches. And, and I don't know. I, this is, makes a better story for me. So I'm, this, this is the lamp. Most people believe this is the kind of lamp that we're talking about. Probably filled with olive oil. We know that in the Middle East they used olive oil for so many different things. One source said that olive oil is one of the cleanest burning types of lamp fuel there is. It's renewable, it's odorless, it's non-toxic, toxic, and smokeless. Well, I, you can see I have a couple of lamps here. and In preparation of them, i got oil on my hands. I can still smell it, so it's not olive oil in those lamps. I want to talk about three things, the oil, the lamp, and the wick. Now, I feel very comfortable with the common understanding of what the oil represents. And probably you all immediately think of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the Old Testament, oil was used to anoint priests and kings. And it was understood to represent the presence of God's Spirit. And we still use that same application today. In John 14, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into all truth. And in first John two twenty-seven, John said this now as for you, the anointing that you receive from him resides in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, it is true and it is not a lie. Just as it has taught you, you reside in him. So that ties that definitely makes the connection between the anointing and the Holy Spirit uh, leading and guiding us into all truth. Jesus said the kingdom would be like ten virgins with lamps and oil. So the question I have to ask, do you have the oil? Do you have the Holy Spirit residing in you? Jesus said, I have been with you, but I shall be in you. Praise God, there are a lot of people who believe in Jesus Christ and even believe the Bible, but they haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're walking with him, they're following him, but he's not dwelling in them. Their lamp is not full of the oil of the Holy Ghost. If you're in that situation tonight, you can receive the Holy Ghost, whether you're online or whether you're here tonight, you can be filled before you leave. God's Holy Spirit is here. We felt it. We sang about it. We worshiped him for it. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that person does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is your life because of righteousness. Moreover, if the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will also make your mortal bodies alive through his Spirit who lives in you, the Holy Spirit. We must know, we must be sure that we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you want to be in the kingdom... If you want to be counted among the the virgins, if I can use that analogy, then you have to have oil in your lamp. Make sure you have the oil if you don't have the oil. The good news is, of course, that God wants everyone to have the oil, to be filled with his spirit. Now, for the sake of this illustration, the lamp holding the oil must be understood as the individual, as the person who's filled with the spirit. As far as the parable goes, I, I can't say that is what Jesus said necessarily. I, I'm not sure that he was, he was necessarily saying that, but it seems to fit. That the oil representing the Holy Spirit and the messages make sure you are full of the Spirit. Those lamps, like the one we showed, they're usually clay or Ceramic, even maybe fragile, breakable, kind of like a human nature. Second Corinthians four six says, "For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ." But we have this treasure, this light in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us amen see we we don't we we don't have to be any one great or our our vessel doesn't necessarily have to be fancy god knows that we're fragile that we're breakable but he wants to dwell in us So the way the lamp works, of course, is that the oil is absorbed by the wick and the wick becomes uh, full of oil. And as as the wick is extended make sure I'm going the right way then you can light the, the lamp. See, we need to be Full of the Holy Ghost. We need to be inundated. You've, you've, we use that word. That, that's something that absorbs and, and transfers uh, liquid into an evaporated state. We say it has wicked it out of there. That's exactly what's happening here. The oil is being wicked into the uh, atmosphere. It's the, it's the evaporated oil that that actually burns. It's the gases that are coming out of the oil that light on fire. In one of my stupider moments, I have tried to light gasoline. And if you just throw the match on the gas, it, it might just fizzle out when it hits the gas, if there's not enough of the fumes trapped in one place. That's why an enclosed space is the worst place to do something stupid like that. Because that, then those fumes, those, that evaporated gasoline, that's what lights on fire. So this oil is flowing through the wick and evaporating, and that's if I throw a match in, into that oil, it's just going to fizzle out. The Holy Ghost needs to move through us. To be effective in this world. He has chosen to do things that way. That's the will of God. That's why we are here tonight. Without the wick, there's no light. There's no burning. The oil doesn't ignite. If we don't allow God to use us, the world will not see the light. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Just like the wick reaches down into the oil, the Spirit of God fills us, surrounds us. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? God gets down into our innermost being. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. The only way you're going to be able to represent Jesus Christ is to to let his Spirit flow through you. But the natural man does not receive the things of God, verse 14, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Praise God. I've got another lamp here. I was actually going to get some parts for this today, and I didn't have time to do that. You can't see it. Of course, there's no chimney on there. I was going to go pick up a chimney. But the oil in this lamp comes up to about here, just enough to cover uh, the bottom inch Unfortunately, the wick is about a half an inch short of that oil. Now, I could pull this wick out, and I could light it, and because there's some oil in it, it would light. In the parable, the Bible says that the five foolish virgins, that their, their lamp went out, but what it really says is, is that it was going out. It sputtered and, and, and eventually went out because the oil that was in the wick was being used up and it wasn't getting any more. They had just enough wick to get through the day, just enough oil to get through the day. And unfortunately, too many of us, we have just enough Holy Ghost to get to our bedtime prayers daily, day by day, just enough. And if we are waiting for Jesus Christ, unfortunately, that will not get us there. We need to be ready for the bridegroom because we do not know when he's coming. The, the, the custom of the bridal ceremony was that the, 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 the bridegroom was supposed to prepare a home for the bride. They were betrothed; they were in essence already committed to one another, but they didn 't take up residence until the household was ready and The bride then would come to pick up the uh, the bridegroom would come to pick up the bride and the bridal party, and then they would go have the the marriage ceremony, which usually lasted about a week so that 's what these these uh, Virgins are waiting for, these, these attendants are waiting for the bridegroom to show a word has come to them that he, any day now, any time now, could be today, could be tonight, he's going to come. We, and it was their job to have their lamps ready and light the way for the entourage that was going to the wedding ceremony. It's our job. It's our purpose for being here to light the way so that people can get to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now this lamp, the wick is is soaked. It's in the oil. If I were to light this lamp here, the the wick itself would, would start to burn very quickly the oil would be used up and the wick would burn that's what happens when we try to do things in the flesh when we try to do things without the holy ghost we 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 burn up we burn out we lose our effectiveness but when the holy spirit is flowing through us hopefully i won't set off a smoke detector I was just as worried as you were. (laughs) Nobody's sleeping now. All right, if the uh, ushers can turn off the lights. Now, that little lamp that we saw on the picture, I don't think it would give much light. And this one lamp here, you're not seeing a lot of light there, but if I add another lamp, this time I'll leave it on flat surface, it's twice the light. Can we have that last picture? You can turn the lights back on. It's not God's intention for us to have one lamp, to have one light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I don't think he was speaking to just individuals. I think he was talking to the people of God. It would have been much better for for the wedding entourage if all ten had been ready, they would have seen the way much more clearly. One little lamp by itself doesn't do much. But that's why we're a church. That's why we're, we're, we come together. So that we can be a light. So that we can be a city set upon a hill so that the world can see that there's a, there's a, a place where the light shines, where there are, are those that, that know the way. Let's stand. Jesus is coming back, just like the bridegroom, and he's expecting that there will be attendance. The church will have the way lit for those who want to meet him. It's up to us to make sure that we're full of oil, that we're full of the Holy Ghost, not just enough to get through the day, not just enough to to stay saved, but so that when when someone else needs to see how to get to Jesus, we have the oil. We have the anointing. We have the Holy Ghost that we can share with them and lead them to it. That there's enough light in us when we come together that the city knows that that's a church full of the Holy Ghost. That that's a church that knows who Jesus is. That's a church that's ready for when Jesus comes. Praise God. Jesus is not coming back for an individual. Of course, each of us he cares about. But he's coming back for millions upon millions of lights to be with him. I want to be ready. I want to be part of the kingdom of God. I want to be one of the wise virgins. I want to be one that has enough oil to share, enough oil to show the way. Praise God. If you want to make that commitment tonight... Please step out from where you are. Come and ask God. Maybe you haven't spoken in tongues for a long time. Um, I just spoke with someone today that asked me about that. We get criticized sometimes as Pentecostals for stressing tongues. No, we're stressing the Holy Ghost. But the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues. And one of the evidences, not the only, but one of the evidences of being f- overflowing with the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. And if it's been a long time for you, remember this. If it happened once, it's meant to happen over and over and over again. Your, your lamp, your oil is supposed to be flowing and renewed. And if you struggle with that, the person I talked to said, I get to the point where I'm ready to, to speak in tongues and because of some things I was taught when I was younger, I, I, I hold off, I pull back. What I want to tell you is if, if you feel the presence of God and, and you're hesitant, just let it flow. Speak it out. Let God work through you. Find The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. Praise God. Just experience the liberty. Don't, God's not going to condemn you or judge you for, for doing it wrong or, or, or starting it wrong. But if you will let the Holy Ghost flow, he will renew in you the fire that you felt the day that you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And once you have been renewed, you can be refilled and renewed day by day by day by day. And keep your vessel, your extra Holy Ghost ready because there's someone who needs to see the light that you have in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord.
2: You provide the fire I'll provide the Find the spirit, and I will open up inside. i
1: Uh, so, brother Glenn Rossing just uh, mentioned something about that whole analogy and about the trimming of the wick. That even though the wick is full of oil, it still burns only not as much as it would if it if it didn't have the oil, but it uses up the wick. That's what's supposed to happen. We surrender ourselves to God in repentance. We trim the wick. We get the, the nasty out so that the wick is clean and it can burn cleanly. There's just so many elements that, that we can apply uh, in that story. But of course, if, if you if you don't have the oil and the, and the wick isn't clean and the oil isn't pure, then it, it's going to be bad. It's going to the flame won't, won't burn clean. Uh, the, it'll smell bad. There's just so many, so many things about it that such a perfect picture of God working in us and working through us. Praise God. Just remember, it's not, it's not by your might, not by your power, not by your strength that you're going to reach the lost. It's by the power of the Holy Ghost working in you in me, in us, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for the light that is in you, that you have put in us. Thank you, Jesus, for the word that, that reveals itself as we submit to you. We pray, God, let the Holy Ghost flow through us. Let the light of this glorious gospel shine into our hearts. Oh, God, that we can spread the love of God among the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.